Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gary gets here, walks across the dead ball line, now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes, changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. And still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom for Bournemouth. My goodness. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Boys and girls, it is the biggest day on the Supercoach calendar for us all. Christmas Day, one might call it. Uh, absolutely excited about it. I personally could not be happier with the way things panned out today with Nathan Cleary not being picked, saved a debacle there. Ryan Pappenhausen picked, thank Christ. Hopefully he does play round one. All in all, worked out pretty well for the mighty Kuma Stallions. A couple of little things didn't go the way, but we can't take them all. I'm very excited to announce today, on for the first time this season, he's dealt with floods and about everything you can imagine in this preseason. But we have got him for the Round 1 Teams podcast. It is 2019 NRL Supercoach champion, Desi Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Timmy. Uh, Walsh, Spy, good to be on. Uh, super excited. Yeah, I've just been, I've been out of the loop, so you're going to have to sort of fill me in as we go here. Mate, the SC Playbook faithful have been asking me every single day, where is Desi Creek? We need the hottest takes of 2022 before round one starts. Uh, are you going to deliver on, on the height? Oh, mate. <laughs> well, I've, yeah, I've only just got internet back, yeah, as you said. So I've moved up to Byron Bay and obviously <laughs> had this terrible weather. So I've spent a lot of my time um, cleaning up around Lismore, that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm keen to crack into just watching NRL um, with Internet Bank. Thank God, won't have to go to the pub to watch every game. I was, <laughs> I was sort of, uh, that was my contingency plan. But yeah, got it back. So keen to crack in and just yeah, <laughs> get going. Good to have you back, Desi. Also joining us is the the runner up to Desi Creek that year. Uh, bitter old wounds, but it's 2019 Supercoach runner up, Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate? Good, Timmy. I've just got over it. Yeah, a few years <laughs> yeah. later, but I've got over it, mate. So you'll get there one day. Mate, and the final member, the one and only Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, son? All good, boys. Yeah, ready to rumble round one. How good. On today's show, we are going to crack onto Team List Tuesday. The hot topics out of it. We're not going to go through every single Team List. Uh, the Beers and Break Evans podcast with myself and the guru from the Bloke in the Bar studio is up live. That's taken a real team list focus this week. We will be looking at the hot topics out of that and getting these boys' opinions on it, uh, any of the cheapies that have emerged, surprises, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, we are going to focus a little bit more on our team reveals. I'm going to pepper the fellas about the big dilemmas in their side, the ones they've gone with that I maybe wouldn't have agreed with, uh, and vice versa. Jump into a few listener questions and whatever else we can fit in in the next 45 minutes to an hour. Guys, if you are interested in the SC Playbook subscription package, $30 for the season for the NRL, $40 for the NRL, AFL, and Big Bash package. Gives you access to stacks and stacks of extra articles every single week. Access to our WhatsApp group alongside our contributors. And we'll also answer, oh, as a result of that, we'll be able to answer your questions just before kickoff, throughout the weekend, late mail, all that sort of good stuff. Also gives you eligibility to win our major unlimited group prize. The unlimited group code is 511034 if you're interested in jumping in that. And then, yeah, also if, you are, if you're on the fence a little bit with it, the top three overall ranked super coaches last year, all subscribers to SC Playbook, while our in-house league with the boys next to me and a few others finished first out of over 17,000 leagues. So hopefully the credentials uh, are enough to tick you over. But if not, plenty of content out there for everyone. Boys, let's get stuck into Team List Tuesday and the hot topics out of that. Uh, thank Christ, Ryan Pappenhausen was named because I did not know where I was going at fullback if that didn't occur. Nathan Cleary not named. Another good one because it frees up nine and a half or oh, $950,000 in the cap. Uh, I suppose we'll start with you, Desi. Fresh back on the scene. Cleary not named. I don't actually know that you had him in your team anyway based on your team reveal. Can't remember it exactly. Where to now with Cleary not named, mate? What are you doing with halfback? Uh, I'm going to SJ. So I, I always had SJ there. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just think Cleary was too expensive to start with. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think SJ over at the Warriors could do anything and he's 500k saved. Um, yeah, and I just don't think Penrith are going to be viable at all without Cleary there now. So, mm, so it's, I mean, it's, as I said, frees up a lot of money. SJ's an interesting one, mate. I don't need you to tell me what he can do because we know what he can do. I think we're all sort of little mini SJ fanboys on this podcast, so we don't need raps on him. My query and everyone else's query out there is <clears throat> the injury risk. Is that a concern to you or are you happy to, you know, if he gets injured, it's one trade as opposed to two getting him in later on? How are you sitting on that? Yeah, that's precisely right. If he If he gets injured, it's one trade. It's one trade. We've got a lot of them. Um, we know that he can get injured. They can all get injured. They they run at each other pretty fast, pretty hard. Hey, whilst one that impacted my side and, and one that put me on the fence with Cleary not being named is Liam Martin, who a guy I was pretty keen on. I had him locked into my team, to be fair. With him not there now, how concerned should I be and should Liam Martin owners be that Cleary won't be feeding him? Do you still think he presents value or do you think you put a line through him now? Uh, I think his game role will be increased um, because he was sort of in the middle there last year. He didn't seem to lock down that right second row spot because he always had Capewell there. So I think from that point of view, there's upside. But, um, yeah, like not having Cleary feeding him the ball um, – is, is obviously a downside as well. Martin's a bit of an in-between player, and there's a lot of those mid-rangers that um, I think Supercoach is going to take a punt on, but it'll be interesting to see who pays off, I guess, to me. Spy, we've chatted a little bit about Ryan Madison over the course of the preseason. Uh, probably as expected, I suppose, today. Well, he's been named at lock. Nathan Brown named on the extended bench. Sean Lane starting on the edge. For potential Madison owners, myself included, 
How do you feel about this? Yeah, I think I'm not too worried where Madison plays, whether it's edge, lock, whatever it may be. He'll be busy. There's always a chance to score a try and offload and all the rest. It's all about minutes for me with Maddo. Um, he only played 69 a game last year, which impacted him a bit. He played 76 each of the two years before. Um, 2020 was his best year. He averaged 75 a game. So anyone owning him will be hoping he can get back to that. But I'm just not so sure. I don't know if the upside's there. But in saying that, he's also the kind of weight that's probably not going to hurt you too badly either. You can sort of lock in those solid scores early. But uh, look, he's not for me. But I can understand what you're doing. And if you can get back to that sort of close to 80-minute roll, then we'll all probably want him, that's for sure. I've said it before, but the beauty of running this podcast is that I can just shoot questions that are of only interest to me at you boys and get as many thoughts as I need. So we're going to stick on Ryan Madison because you haven't helped me much, Spy. Walls, <laughs> how do you see Maddo's role penny out there? Sean Lane captain the side in a trial, which doesn't mean a lot, but obviously a sign that they, they've got a bit of faith in Lane there. Um how do you see Maddo's role playing out? Do you see when Brown coming back, do you think he goes back to an edge and plays big minutes there? Do you think he's used more in the middle rotation? What do you reckon? How long's Brown out for, Timmy? Uh, he's named on the extended bench. So Paris said he was going to be right for round one. He still might be. So it's, you know, if not this week, probably next week. Yeah, it's a tough one with Maddo. And, and there's a number of players in, in a similar vein. Like at the moment, Josh Curran's in a bit of that as well, is when they're named in the middle, it puts you off them a little bit because middle forwards um, in the modern game just aren't playing as much minutes as the edge back rower. But yeah, um, it, 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 in, a, in a bit of a sort of lengthy way to answer your question, I think it's going to depend on how the game's evolving because there seems to be a few teams that are playing that, Madison, Curran style player in lock, and then they'll shift them to the back row, similar to like the reverse of what Jai Arrow might do. He might start on an yeah. edge, but I think he'll play a lot of minutes in the middle as well. So I think it's really depends. It's sort of a wait and see. I don't think he presents value, um, Madison, at this stage. Um, as much as I love Curran, I'm sort of in the same boat with him because of the Tohu um, return, which is imminent. And, you know, Matt Lodge coming back to take minutes away from the middle. So mine would be probably a no for Maddo at the moment, Timmy. Mm, yeah. Uh, after having more preseason, while I shouldn't say the team this eventuated too differently to what I anticipated, I'm looking at possibly moving him on as well, which may open a spot for Cam Murray. We'll see. Spy, Homole Olika Artu, a bit of a surprise inclusion in the Manly team list today. Himself and Josh Schuster, we expected out for longer. Schuster is, hasn't been named, due back around anywhere from sort of round three to six. Olika Artu, not as serious, but has been named. Doesn't necessarily mean he'll take his spot. Uh, what it does mean is Ethan Bullimore has been named to start on the edge, about that 280k price bracket. Tempting. Uh, how do you see him? Job security in minutes, obviously the issue. Is it is he a value buy for you or not? I think he's not. Uh, Schuster will be back sooner rather than later. Bullymore looks a reasonably good player, young player, but I mean he'll probably just slot back into that bench role, maybe a middle role for Manly, play some minutes off the bench. Whether it's enough to actually make your money, I think I'd prefer to start with a basement guy. Uh, make some money off then, or even just have one non-player because what's Bullimore up to, like 250 or 280 or something? 280, awkward. That's 100 grand I can save else, so it's a fair bit of cash, so uh, he's a no for me. Yeah, the cheapy crop's pretty good uh, this season, so I think 
guys like Bully Whitmore, it may allow us to avoid them. James Schiller, one of the absolute surprise packets of the uh, team this Tuesday out of the Canberra Raiders at centre. Uh, young Cherry Pickers product, God bless the Cherry Pickers, one of the best names in country rugby league. Uh, I'll field that one. Look, he's bottom dollar, um, but there is so much centre depth there between Sebi Chris, who's unavailable due to being a close contact of COVID. Jared Croker's lurking. Uh, there are other options too. Jordan Rapana's back round three. Um, it's a no from me. I think it's, it's obviously always going to be tempting when they're bottom dollar. Pretty soft draw to start for the Raiders, but look, it's a case of if he has a negative 80 break even coming round three, well, we consider him, can consider him then. Walsh, what are your thoughts on him? Well, Timmy, I, I, I'd be guided by you guys with the Canberra inside knowledge, but I'm just going to give our listeners a few stats, right? I've just looked these up on the run. New South Wales Cup stats, he played five games last year and they lost four of the games, so it's not like they're dominating the games. This were his, these were his attacking stats. Three tries, mm. two tries, assists, four line breaks. Yeah, so, I mean, small sample size, but he's either had a couple of blinders or he goes okay. Mm, he's country bred, so we know he's absolutely tough as nails like the rest of us. So, yeah, there's there's obviously a talent there. Ricky Stewart wouldn't have picked him over, the likes of, in particular, Jared Croker, if he didn't have faith in him. So, again, it's a watch for me big time. And at bottom dollar, we can easily pick him up round three if he's still got that spot. Desi, Andrew Fafita, uh, just a tick over 200K, named on the bench for the Sharks. Uh, They've named a four-forward bench, which I, I they've got four big fellas on the bench as well. I think it's three middles, and then they've got uh, Talakai there who can obviously play edge. Is Fafita a guy that, that you're considering? I'm off him having been probably the, the way the bench makeup is. I, I wouldn't surprise me to see a utility back come onto the bench come game day. But for a bloke who can offload, he's a super coach, gun of the past, breaks tackles, doesn't need big minutes to score well at the price. You know, you could make a case, but then Jack Williams, Cam McInnes, these boats coming back from injury. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I like Fafita. I've, mm. I've got him slotted in there right now. Sort of, yeah, he's sort of a placeholder. But, yeah, I, I can see starting with him, but it's not that, you know, out of the question. He, Like you said, he can score heaps of points really quickly. Um, so even if he gets only 25, 30 minutes, he can still pump out 40s and 50s. Um, and make a bit of cash. Spy, Fifi? I've got him. Uh, it is concerning with those blokes to come back, but again, his basement price, so like worst case he gets dropped. It's not going to kill me too much, but if he can get some early minutes, tackle bust and offload, make me 50, 60K, it'd be nice. Um, I'll have a good look during the week. I'm just not sure who else I'd probably like in the front row uh, at that similar price, so I'll probably just take a little flyer on him. Corey Pax, after being one of the talks of the preseason, having a seemingly junk, jumped Jake, Jake Turpin, jumping Jake Turpin, um, in the pecking order at the hooking scenario at the Broncos, he's missed the squad completely, which, I mean, as we're recording, there's probably more word coming out on this, but it really surprised me on what we'd seen throughout the preseason. Uh, you know, maybe there's a COVID close contact, something or other going on there, niggle from training, I don't know, but... Put a line for him for now. He's not been named. Our Billy Smith has won the coveted centre role at the Roosters. Momorowski on the wing. No Kevin Naguama. No Joseph Swaley, who's still a few weeks, weeks away from injury. Uh, Spy, mate, he's in my team. Are you picking him? 
he's in my team as of four o'clock. Now I've got a big decision to make. I'll get your thoughts. Uh, it's either him or one of the Cowboy back rowers who we'll talk about shortly, no doubt. Uh, but I know you're big on him, Tim. I know he's a really good footballer. He might have even got picked for a semi-final a couple of years ago <laughs> after about two games of first grade. So if he could hold his spot there at the Roosters, yeah, pretty hard to pass up, I think. He's a gun. He's such a good footballer. And the fact that he's been thrown in above, you know, guys like Kevin Naguama, it's shifted Momorowski out of his favoured centre position. It shows how highly regarded his club has had a horror run of injuries. He's playing in a gun team with a decent draw. Yes, injury concern, but Billy Smith is straight in for me and will be playing in my 17 week one. Walsh? I just wanted to get your take on um, Timmy. So matching him up about around similar price centre wings, just looking for my team as well. But I mean, I imagine a lot of the listeners are thinking the same question. Would you put Billy Smith, because we haven't talked about him a lot because no one expected him to get named, above mm. Targo, Russell, Talatau, Amon, and Will Panasini? Where do you see him fit in, in those f- sort of four players? Targo's number one because of his position in that side. Um, look, scoring potential, I'd have him above Panasini. And, and I think... I like his job security off the back of the fact that they've picked him round one. Um, I'd probably have him above Sean Russell as well. As I said, I think in a gun team, I think he's a gun player. And then who was the other one there? Oh, Tom Amone. And yes, I'd have him above Amone as well. Again, we speak over and over about a lot of the differentiators between players of a similar price or when you're tossing it up. The current game of Supercoach and the current NRL, the differentiator for me is what team are they playing in particularly for backline players and who's going to score the most tries, and that's the Sydney Roosters. So him over Amon for me uh, as well, mate. Uh, Sammy Walker, we believe, is kicking goals, is reports I should suggesting. Um, an interesting one there, Billy Smith can also kick goals quite well. So uh, interesting if he comes into the, to the fray there a little bit, but we do believe Sammy Walker's kicking goals. Desi, Kurtman is a one who, who I'm not – convinced on, but I can see why people are. Dual position there at a good price. Name to start at lock. Um, mate, is he a bloke in your team at the moment and, and what's your take on him? Is he going to get the minutes or is he just going to be a, a 50-minute Connor Watson of last year? Uh, he may be, yeah. I, I have a feeling that could be his role. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not super hot on him. Um, I know you you did pretty well with him in your team. <laughs> Um, a year or two ago, so mm. you'd be pretty pretty keen on him. So, yeah, I, I, if you're not hot on him, I'm not hot on him. I appreciate that, mate. Hey, Spy, what do you reckon? Well, I quite like Kurt, man. Uh, I like how he plays, especially in the middle. He'll be busy. He'll he'll tackle a fair bit, and he loves to run the footy. Mm. He'll look to offload, could offer some attack. In saying all that, I'm just not sure where I fit him in. Uh, with all the centers we mentioned before, uh, I, I just don't know if there's a spot for him, maybe at that price, given the likes of Russell and Panasini and these guys who are cheaper and locked in as well. But I quite like him. Uh, and at 5'8", I think he's not a bad shout either, but we'll get to my 5'8 later. Spy, my, my question there, again, it's just around minutes. And how many minutes do you see Kurtman needing to be super coach relevant? Um, going into the – he averaged – how many minutes did he have last year? I'll find that one in a minute for us. But playing lock, how many would he need? If you had Adam O'Brien telling you a number of game time he'd play, how many would it take for you to pick him? 
you'd want at least 60, but I'd probably want 65. Uh, predominant, predominantly most of the match there. Uh, 60, 65 with the capability of 80 would be pretty good. And look, Watson got shifted a lot last year as well uh, to centers <clears> and then Barnett was playing back row who looks like he might be in the front row now. So there's a bit going on. Um, but obviously, Kurtman has that capability as well to be covering positions if injuries and HRAs come up. Uh, but yeah, probably 65 would be the number. If I said if you said 65 plus, it'd be pretty handy. Whilst Kurtman. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in him. Um, if you said to me, I think one of you boys, uh, Desi or yourself, Timmy, said he'd be like Connor Watson last year, I'd take that. If he averaged 59, he's priced at an average of 44, so that's a 15-point. Um, you know, he's going to make you a lot of money there, so um, I'd, probably, I'd probably take that. I'm not sure that he's as good as Connor Watson and going to get the minutes as Connor Watson but he certainly has tackle break ability, which, you know, was evident in the trials. So he's one to watch. Whilst you called it in your Warriors squad breakdown, Viliami Vaelia, do not know how to pronounce that one. We'll get there by round 25. Uh, he has been named in the centres for the Warriors. Soft draw to start the year at the price, mate. Uh, I think you've got to go pretty close to lock him in. And what can you tell us about him? I don't know much about him. I can remember him playing, I think he played two games at the end of uh, last year. So I only caught a, you know, a little bit of him. Haven't seen much of him. I've heard Justin Morgan, the assistant coach of the Warriors, talk about him. He's got a huge rap on him. They obviously have a pretty big rap on him. I think they've, they've brought in Jesse Arthurs, who might have thought that he was starting and everyone assumed that he was loaned to become a starting player. But they're going to play the kid, and I respect that for the Warriors playing the kid, similar to what Canberra are doing. Um, giving their good kids a go and and um, yeah, like you see how you go from there. But bargain basement price, I think it'll be in a lot of teams. Spy, I'll throw a couple at you here, a couple of kings to wrap it up. I think we are we're going to be talking about a lot of these people when we run through you boys' teams anyway. So it doesn't matter if we've missed a few. Uh, the King boys, Josh King at the Storm. I believe it's Maxi King at the Bulldogs. Were you getting confused with that throughout the season? Um, Max King, I know, is a guy who caught your eye in the trials. Josh King named to start at lock for Melbourne, but there's the issue of obviously Harry Grant back next week. Uh, what happens to Brendan Smith? He probably goes back to lock. Um, mate, where do you sit on the Kings? Because you could make an argument for both. Uh, Max King probably at the better price of the two. Yeah, Maxi was very good in the trials. His numbers were outstanding. Uh, hope that earns him some pretty good minutes. And he he's basement price front row, so that's perfect for me. Fits the bill. He's in my side. We'll see how he goes. Uh, Josh King's pretty handy as well in limited minutes in recent years. Uh, but as you said, with Brandon going back to hooker when Harry Grant comes back, I just don't know what his minutes will be like. If he comes out those first couple of weeks and with a full-strength side next week and he's playing... 40 or something and averaging 45, 50, bang, he'll come in. But I'm a bit concerned, but not totally off him, um, Joshy King. Mm, yeah, Max King 188, Josh at 255. So I think Max is probably the play there. Just in a weaker team as well, TPJ, he'll be suspended pretty soon. So, you know, I think there's going to be more minutes potential there than Josh King. Um, and again, if one of them stars and the other one doesn't, you've got the wrong one. It's not a hard flip uh, come round three anyway. So we can play around with that one. 
Guys, very pleased to announce Quantum are back on board as a sponsor for SC Playbook in 2022. Uh, they've been unreal supporters for us for a few years now. Adam DeRussi, the CEO and SC Playbook contributor as well. Uh, for that, we are very grateful. Quantum are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. So if you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing data analytics, break away from the pack by joining Quantum today. Uh, if you are data-minded and that piques your interest, just flick us an email, supercoachplaybook at gmail.com. Uh, we'll put you in touch with those guys and try and link something up for you. Boys, a couple of questions to break it up before we move into a few team reveal discussions. And uh, we'll start with you, Desi. Um, actually, very particular one for you, Desi, because we uh, have had a, a now infamous long v short-term discussion about Supercoach in the past and your team approach. Um, don't know how to say this uh, on the way it's put together, but Mefem Tim question. With a number of players not returning in round one, there's a stack due to suspension or injury. How many can you afford to carry on your bench NPRs? So, I mean, and I suppose that question largely revolves around Cameron Munster, um, Harry Grant. You know, you might be looking at, I mean, probably not Nathan Cleary now, but there's a lot of big name players due back. Matty Lodge, the next round. How many of those sort of, I assume he means more premium players. Would you be willing to carry on your team? Would it be one, two, three for round one or what? Yeah, I think just probably you could get away with Grant and Monster just because it's Melbourne, but you'd be pretty <laughs> hesitant to do much more than that. Um, yeah, I think I think depth is very important this season. Yeah, even early on, um, I think I'm with you, mate. I think you can afford to carry two because there are such good options. Uh, but, yeah, don't go too, too many more than that. Whilst definitely one for you here, question from Grizzly McKenzie. What do you think of Rocco Berry? All the talk is he's good, but then they say the Warriors' centres do score well. Would love your thoughts, please. Rocco Berry at 322k for the year to start the year. Soft draw. Yeah, I don't mind Rocco Berry. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think uh, there's... Seems to be a lot of cheapies, though, in the centre wing. So it's going to be tough to take someone like him who's just above the cheapy rate. Like, you'd want to – I think you've really got to have a wrap on him um, because there is so many other opportunities with softer draws, you know, seemingly like the ones we went through before, Targo, Sean Russell, Penasini, yeah. uh, Billy Smith. I mean, at the moment, I'd have all of them ahead of Rocco Berry and they're about 50 grand cheaper. So – um yeah, I, you back yourself if you like him, but um, he probably won't be in my team. Yeah, we've got the crop of cheapies this year that you probably don't need to spend above 300k for, for what someone like Rocco Berry. This time last year, from memory, we were pretty scarce on them and he would have definitely been an option. Spy, being the tactically-minded supercoacher that you are, question from Samuel Shembury. Hey, fellas, I was wondering when you are all picking your teams, if it comes down to one or two players, do you ever factor in buy rounds and origin? For example, you pick Curran over Amari because he plays Origin and Curran doesn't and plays the first buy round. It's a good question because while ultimately you'd think, yeah, I mean, of course we'd all sort of consider that, it's not probably something that comes up this time of year too often. Is it something you genuinely consider or not so much? I definitely consider it. I tend to pick my side first. So take this year, for example, I've not looked at buys at all, but between now and Thursday, I'll just take a little glance just mm. to make sure I've got a few guys for the first buy. If it came up and I had zero, I'd probably panic a little bit and make a, make a couple of changes. But generally, you'll find you've already got players just locked in by chance, uh, and you take that. More the better, of course, but I mean, there's a long way till the first buy. So I'm more concerned about getting 
getting my favourite guys in, I think I got, I got to score well. But yeah, if it's it's a great tiebreaker. Certainly, if it's a Cam Murray versus a Curran, for example, it's a really good example. And you and you're pretty high on Curran like I am. That's that's a great differentiator because you know he's hopefully injury free uh, by the boy he'll be playing. So uh, something to keep in mind, but don't go over the top. Desi, let's jump into a few team reveals. Uh, we're not going to go through every player. Basically, I've got screenshots of all the boys' teams here, uh, and I've sort of picked out the points that have intrigued me that I, I you know, don't agree with a lot of them. <clears throat> so keen to get their thoughts on, on see what their thought process was going through. And Desi, we'll start with you, mate. Mix and match a little bit here, but the one that stood out for me <clears throat> was Josh Curran. Big talking point of the preseason. Uh, we know Walsh being the Warriors man uh, was gone off him a little bit after being keen on him at times. Torhu Harris on all reports, uh, by which I mean all reports, NRL physio, and that's the only report I care about, is that he's nowhere near as far away from a return as listed. I think he's been listed as somewhere like round eight or nine. I think physio said, based on time frames, recoveries, that he said he wouldn't have been shocked to have seen him named round one. So there's one obstacle there. And then, quite oddly, they've named a four-forward bench, four big boys as well. Um, Bailey Sooner, not huge, but also spends time in the middle. Mate, do you think Josh Curran lock after playing on the edge last year is going to get the minutes this year or not? Tell us why you like Josh Curran. Yeah, I think he will get the minutes. If I'm honest, I yeah, I see him getting upwards of sixty, even even in that position. And um, yeah, if it, when Tohu comes back, obviously it's going to be early. He probably pushes to an edge and gets eighty minutes. I'd say based on what I saw at the end of last season, he was just absolutely killing it. He he had super. Um, conducive running game, you know, was palming off blokes left and right, offloading, setting up tries. That's exactly what you want to see from um, a back rower. And I think he's priced fairly. He was on a tear. Spy, I know he's a bloke that you've been spoken about a little bit as well. Are you still on him or off him? I'm so on him. Uh, He's Mm. exactly what Desi just said. He's such a good player. Um, and I bet Walsh agrees when we get to him. Don't cut in yet, Walsh. I just want to say one thing, and it's uh, Katara on the edge concerns me quite a lot. I know a lot of people are keen on him, but if, if Torhu's back early and even now if Jazz Tavanga or someone comes on in the middle, surely Curran then goes to the edge for even if it's 20, 40 minutes. I don't know what it'll be, but he's a great hole runner. Uh, I don't. I don't mind Katara as a player, but last year he probably wasn't that fit. He's a bit bigger. Basically, Curran shites on him, in my opinion. So I think he gets the minutes on an edge regardless. Uh, and give us your thoughts, whilst. Yeah, I think I think um, I think you're right, boys. I think Curran's um, not a bad buy at all. I mean, I can't see him not being in the top thirteen. So yeah, I think you're on the right track. And <laughs> I actually prefer him, like Desi said, the eighty minutes. Um, and I like the the idea of him playing on that right side outside SJ. I really, really like that. But um, we just have to see how it plays out. I mean, at the moment, I've got Katara in my side. But, yeah, with that news from um, NRL Physio, I think I'm going to look to get Katara out and, um, and yeah, look to bring Curran in quicker, sooner rather than later, I'd say. Yeah, interesting takes there, boys. I was a bit concerned. Average 70 minutes last year. Looked awesome. Attacking upside. I just think the four forward bench is off-putting. Uh, how long that lasts, I don't know. Whether CHT goes to 14 when uh, Reese Walsh comes back, perhaps. But Torhu, you know, 586K. There's a lot of good options around that price tag. 
Uh, I'm not so convinced by, but you know, you, you seem you, you boys are all pretty keen on him, so I'll take as is. I'll just say um, I'm really keen on him, but that doesn't mean he's a lock in my eyes because he is reasonably expensive. It's not like he's coming in at 400k. Uh, and we should just mention for the listeners, especially people that might be a little bit newer to Supercoach, that benches do change and now are out from kickoff. They can stay the same, but they'll often have a little shake-up and add a back or whatever it may be. So don't just read into what happens on the Tuesday because things can change and are out from kickoff. Yeah, on that, which is where Andrew Fafita worries me a little bit, on that four-forward bench where I think it could very well change come game day. Um, just watch that. There was a... Four forward Cowboys bench two, which we're going to get to shortly, uh, which gives me a few worries in that side. Desi, really interesting one. Not an approach I've seen um, too often, but you've run dual cheapy hookers in Randall and Simpkin. Look, mate, both of them make a strong case as buys. Um, I haven't seen many people go with it. Talk us through that. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I feel like the salary cap is it needs to be increased. All the games are you know, getting a bit tough in your players. But, yeah, I've, I've just gone for the the dual, the dual cheapies there. Um, just don't see Hooker being that many points this season. I mean, Harry Grant's going to be the ex- exception, I think. Maybe Reed Miney, but I, I don't see really any average in the 80s from a from a Hooker this season. Maybe 75 from Grant. 80 if he, if he really pops off. But, yeah, I, I just I think you can save money there and make money there. Whilst, what do you reckon about the dual cheapy hookers? Yeah, I'm not really keen on it because I, I think you give up the gap, you know, like the gap that you you have with a player like a Harry Grant. I think it's really tough in this first round because you've got players like Harry Grant and Cameron Munster that could well finish on top of their position and they're not available. So I think you really need to take that into consideration, and I'm doing that with Hooker. I like at the moment. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but at the moment, I've got Brandon Smith in there, which is really left field. I know, but I think he'll be one of the best scoring hookers in round one, and he allows me flexibility to move him down into the back row, or even just trade him out after. Like we've got 42 trades, you know, like that's 1.75 trades per round. I think something like that, you know. So. It's almost, I mean, it's not max trades, but, I mean, I'm not going to be sort of looking to save any trades in the first 10 weeks. I'll be sort of getting my team and and, and picking, you know, if, if a Cody Walker plays a Broncos one week and then the next week he plays like a Roosters, you know, in and out maybe, I don't know. Whilst talking through the Brandon Smith selection now, one of, it's weird, I sort of sit down and say one of the more interesting ones I've seen, but... I don't know his current ownership off the top of my head, but it wouldn't be a lot. Um, obviously, name to play round one now after initially being not in, which wouldn't have helped. But he's an interesting one because we know how good he is leaving the club next year. There's Harry Grant who could play 80, may eat into Brandon Smith's time a little bit, but they've also lost for Nuke, and so not necessarily at all. Scored a lot of tries last year. Are you concerned that maybe his price has been inflated as a result of that, or is he good enough that he can score them again. Are there any queries or are you pretty happy with Brandon Smith? No, I I can't really. Uh, originally, I thought that he would get punished a little bit for his off-season and what he said on that podcast about the Roosters and things like that. But would you believe that, you know, and it, it's probably not that hard to believe because he's a dual-position player, but he's 19% owned. Yeah, um, right. And, 
I think that's fair. Like, yeah, I, I think he makes value. I think he, his value break evens around sixty eight from memory, which seems a little high. But I mean, yeah, I, I think like really, there's only two genuine hooking options in the first round for me, which is um, Marnie and um, Brandon Smith. Yeah, mm. I mean, you could throw Cook in there, but I'm not really looking at Cook at the moment. I want to see him actually run more before <laughs> I get him. Yeah, I not just talk about it. Not just talk about it on the news, Timmy. Mate, I I just just, I just did the podcast with the guru. We just said the exact same thing. I was like, love the bloke. All it is is talk at the moment, is it? I want to see him run that ball before we uh, we buy into it. Desi, Tino for Malawi, you've got in your side at the moment, 493K, uh, captain of the Titans this year. He's one of them players that I'm, I started with him last year. He's I think he's going to break out and be a super coach, maybe not superstar, but like genuine gun at some point soon. Dual second row, front row. Um, average 60 minutes last year. Talk us through it, mate. Do you see him increasing the minutes, the the output? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think you can see his minutes probably increase a little bit um, and his output as well. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't hot on him to start last year, if you remember, and he was 52% ownership or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. And now he's only 19% and not much has changed except now he's, you know, probably more inclined to score better after being at the club for a year. He's probably going to, you know, I think I, I see his output getting upwards of, you know, 65, um, 65 minutes and he'll probably go a point a minute. So I'm really hot on him. Mm. One thing that interested me with Fasua Malau, I think people probably assumed that he got more, was a bit more attacking reliant, but I think he based around 50 points per game last year, which is immense. So to see that, it sort of fills you with a fair bit of hope that, you know, I think he's a good enough player that the attacking stats can come. And and the average of last year, uh, what was he, 56 last year, add in a few attacking stats, maybe an extra five or so minutes. And, Matt, I see the upside to it, and he'd have to be pretty low ownership. Wells, what do you reckon? Absolutely potting him, boys. I can't. I cannot have him. So, yeah, first might be the first one where we've had all four on it of us on here, but where I've disagreed. But I, I won't have Tino, and I won't go near him unless he sort of starts braining them. So, and why's yeah. that, mate? Burnt me last year a little bit, but um, like I've learned in Supercoach, um, you can't let your memory get in the way, although it does a little bit. You know, like um, past relationships with players can, you know, lead to hookups. On the next year, but basically, I just, I just don't think that he's a super coach relevant player. You know, like he had a lot of hype around him. Could be wrong. Um, also, the fact that Proctor's gone back to the bench. I think, and there's talk that Proctor will play middle. Um, you know, I actually see someone like a firm or um, at centre wing as a player that I'd probably want from the Titans. I'm, I'm tossing up on. Dave for feeder. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure that he has to be in your side, which is a bit of a. It's probably a bit of a hot take because I think everyone thinks he's a lock. Mate, you've just had about six hot takes in the space of 15 seconds there, and I want to ask you about most of them. But the biggest one is Dave for feeder. Tell us about that. I just like I look at a matchup like <laughs> Parramatta, and I'm just not sure. Like he could come out and score 120, yeah, 100, like easily. But I mean. I don't know. He just he just strikes me as a player that's really hot and cold, um, you know, within games and throughout the season. Can find an injury, 
um, mm. which is probably maybe people would say that's a bit unfair, but um, you know he scores his his points in clumps a lot, a little bit like Cody Walker used to. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Are you on the same train of thought as me, Spy? Mate, I've it's one I've been pondering the whole preseason. Uh, he's landed in my side as it stands, but only narrowly. Uh, and if you need to free money up to strengthen other spots. I'm certainly not against doing it because he has to average 86 to get his value. Yeah. It's a lot of points. Uh, the thing is, though, I think you probably underrate his work rate a little bit because he'll have his runs, he'll have his tackles. Whilst he might not have a million of them, within that he has like 10 tackle busts and three or four offloads, which straight away is like 36 points added onto his base work. Then if he scores a try, he's nearly up to a ton. So, look, he's an exciting guy to own. I just don't think he's a must-have, but... As I said, he's in my side, but he's he's not an absolute lock just yet. Yeah, I, I just I one thing that makes me put him in the side is I thought he might get cleaner ball from like a Sexton or a Brimson, um, depending on who's on his side. But like the key to Dave Fafita is not taking the ball to the line and hitting him short like an Angus Crichton. <laughs> he's totally different to any other second row. He wants early clean ball so he can you know try and run around people a bit like under eight. So. He's got a totally different game to anyone else in the NRL and um, hopefully they've learnt that and they sort of play around that. I think they will have. I'm sure they will have. I like Sexton as a guy who can do that for him. Just an easy mention as well. And what scared me off not having him in my side was I went back and looked at his scores <laughs> uh, and what he scored in the his 80-minute games. And then I realised he only averaged 65 minutes because he carried a back injury or whatever it was after Origins. So I'm like, oh, man, if he's playing 80, yeah, I better put him in. That's kind of where I landed in the end. Hey, Walsh, his first six scores to start last season, or first eight, I'll say, before getting injured for a few weeks, 60, 105, 112, 88, 147, 78, 153, 66, 97. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll just give the viewers like um, an insight into who we played. He played Warriors, didn't make the top eight. Broncos didn't make the top eight. Cowboys came close to last. Canberra didn't make the top eight. Newcastle um, in the first five weeks. Did you, did you say first five weeks? Yeah, about, about eight eight weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he did, admittedly, week six, he got 78 against Manly. Week seven, he got 153 against South, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> um, week eight, he played the Bronx again and got 66. Then he played the West Tigers and got 97. So, um, yeah, like, you're right. Like, he's got he's got a big score in him, there's no doubt. But, um, yeah, I might leave him in there, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fafita's a must-have to anyone out there listening. <laughs> Get him in. Don't hey, listen to Wolves. Desi. I didn't, I, I didn't pot him. I, I potted Tino. I just said I'm not sure that he's the lock that everyone thinks he is. That's all I said. Desi, boys, um, Cleary Gorn has opened up some really interesting halves options. Um, Desi, you've got we, SJ. We spoke at him. You've also got Dylan Brown. Spy, you've also got Dylan Brown. Talk us through D-Bags, mate, because he's, he's under 500K for, what is he, about 466. Good price. Down year last year. Excellent the year before. Good base for a half. What do you like about D-Bags? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I started with him last year, if I recall, and he just, yeah, he never really fired. He was just, I don't know. I don't know what it was last year. He just didn't get that much attacking ball, it seemed. 
Um, but yeah, he's always just had a solid defensive game as well. Um, gets, you know, 40-odd base, 45 base for a half, which is really solid. So if the Eels start getting attacking stats, I can see it. He'll, he'll get up into that premium price range, 650. I bet you we see D Brown at 650K this year. Spy, you're with Desi on this. Yeah, I was sitting there the other night and I was just having a little think about the trials. And I don't take a heap out of trials, but I do if it's tactical stuff. And Dylan Brown was swinging to the left a bit, which yeah. is where he did, did all his damage two years ago. Average 10 points higher. He's a better player now, no doubt. He'll get better, stronger, faster. Parrot, I think, you're going to sizzle early. So he could come out and, and create some absolute havoc, I'm hoping, uh, and be a nice little jump start to end Cleary when, it, when he hits the decks running. Whilst, while I don't say this with confidence, and I don't own either of them, but I would lean towards Mitchie Moses of the two. I just like his upside a bit more, kicking goals in a team that, that looks good and, and should put some scores on this season. You've got him in your side. I do have Moses in my side, but it's mainly because I expect them to put scores on, you know, so I think he'll get a lot of points from goal kicks. So, Mo, and, and I was heartened by the fact that he ran the ball a lot last year. And on top of that, I'm hoping that, you know, like Jake Arthur, you know, at number 17 will spark him up a bit. But it, yeah, I suppose it could be a bit of a concern too if they put a margin on. Maybe they sit Moses, maybe they sit Brown, but. It's probably something to take into consideration. I, I, I'm keen on both of them. I'm keen on Moses and Brown, but at the moment I've got Moses and Cody Walker. But, um, you know, Brown would certainly free up a lot of cash, so it's something I'm considering. What what I saw in the trials, and you boys might have seen this as well, is um, Brown went from 5'8", and he played in the centres. So that might put a bit of a question mark on, say, a Panasini or whoever's playing left centre. Because I think Wanga Blake plays right centre. So just keep your eye on that. But Because Jake Arthur doesn't, I cannot really see him coming on and playing dummy mm. half. And I don't think he'll play a 13 role. So yeah, he's an interesting number 17, whether that holds up to game day. But yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Spy? Oh, I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, Panasini was right edge in the in the trial. Had a he quite, was right edge. Yeah, yeah had okay, a look yeah, at that. Yeah. So I think yeah. if anything, the left centre, if that's Wonga Blake, he would go out. But it's a bit of a weird thing to move a half back into the centre's mid-game of NRL. So I wouldn't read much into that. No. If it happens, we'll deal with it. Uh, but just quickly, a quick shout-out to uh, the, the Playbook WhatsApp group. Someone put this in there this afternoon. Sam Walker got named at number six, right, today? which means in about six or seven weeks, he should become a halfback 5'8 dual position. If Dylan Brown goes mad, Nathan Cleary comes back, you flip Sam Walker to 5'8, yeah. Nathan Cleary comes in for Brown at a massive price, hopefully. But really good. Whoever picked that up, I'm sorry. Good I spot. Was, was awesome Bloody stuff. Good spot there. Hey, boys, <clears throat> your time, Parramatta halves. For 140K more than Moses, you know, 180-odd K more than Dylan Brown. Cameron Munster, who, again, haven't checked, and Walsh might have it there. I think you might have it up on your page. But Cam Munster um, looks fit, ready to go, peak of his career, gun team. I'm sitting there going, who do I want in my team? Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, or Cam Munster. And for not that much more, there's one that stands out to me, Spy. Yeah, see, Munster. Um 
just the fact he's not playing round one hurts a little bit. Not a lot, but I've got Harry Grant. Um, I think for me, it's a money thing. I think with, with Brown's early draw, I'm just hoping he can do really, really good things before moving on at a profit. Mm. Maybe that will be to Munster once he comes back. Um, Munster's still got to prove to me that he's he wants to run the footy and do a lot of that damage as well because what he did so well for Melbourne last year, even though he was below his best, they still won, what, 19 games in a row and narrowly lost a, a prelim to Penrith with a heap of guys out and forwards injured early. So, I mean, he's d- distribution and he's still engaged the line enough. So will it change dramatically? I don't know. Obviously, being being fitter and healthier and in the right mindset's a good thing, but there's no reason I can't target Munster in round six or seven if he, if he does prove his worth there. Whilst we'll move on to your team, we'll uh, we'll get we've spoken a lot about your yours and Spice team talking about Desis and throughout the show already, so it won't take too long. But uh, mate, Cody Walker, you've got him. He's top dollar. He looked electric in the Charity Shield. Uh, really tough draw to start the season. That's not deterring you. I'm just looking at at him as a one week option, to be honest, because I know that sounds really strange, but. One week option, and then you know maybe have a look at how dominant he is against the Broncos because I'd back him every day of the week to get eighty four points against the Bronx. Um, Pod skipper for round one. Well, no, I wouldn't. Uh, no, no, I'm not that keen. Not with um, the Roosters playing the Knights, but uh, so I think Teddy will be getting the start there. But I think yeah, like he'd be a good left field skipper if I had the um, you know Kahuna's to do it, but. I just think that um, with Munster out and Harry Grant out, they're sort of my, my plan two trades. Um, and by having Brandon Smith, it allows me to either get rid of Smith if he has, if I just can't see him, you know, playing that well, or get rid of uh, one of the back rowers I'm speculating about, maybe a Katoa or a Nanai or something like that, you know, and flip Smith down. Then I can. Save some money by going Cody Walker to Cam Munster. Whilst on those Cowboys back rowers, uh, Nanai and Lukey both at three forty k. I mean, suppose firstly, do you have any in your team? Uh, I know you've you've had a good look at both of them compared to sort of most of us. Uh, there's been a four forward bench named at the Cowboys. How do you think this may or may not impact them? Tom Lolo named at lock. Ruben Cotter on the bench. Uh, we saw Dean Young, assistant coach at the Cowboys, say last week that they want to get bigger minutes into Tom Lolo this year. So I think that would suggest maybe 65 to 70. Uh, mate, basically, the Cowboys back row, where do you sit on it? And I'll throw the spy after because he's got some thoughts too. Yeah, um, I actually don't mind Nanai. I think Nanai is the best player. Um, in my opinion, uh, out of them. So he's only 5% owned. Um, I know a lot of people are, you know, interested in Luke. He's got a break-even of 39. But what I will say is if you look at the way the preseason's played out, Nano is probably more likely to play less than 80 minutes just mm. because he hasn't had a preseason game at all. Um, even though he'd be, he'd probably be the fitter of himself and Lukey, um, and he's a he's a, he's a slider player. Um, I, I think he'd be more likely to to play like sixty minutes, fifty or sixty minutes in the first game. So 
if you are a bit iffy about it, you could probably get a look at him for that two weeks and just see what Peyton's doing. Um, Lukey doesn't really come into calculations for me. I just think um, his spot's going to be a bit vulnerable. I could be wrong. Like, he was pretty impressive last year. Um, he's a big body. I just want to see how he, he holds up defensively, boys. I, don't, I, I haven't seen him defensively, but I just wonder whether he's going to be agile enough on the edge. Spy, you've got a bit of a late change to your team, very recent. You've gone you and Aitken over Katoni Staggs. Talk us through this. Well, it actually comes back to how did this happen? Too much has happened the last 24 hours. I've just got a gut feeling that Katoni might start okay. He's an absolute weapon. But then I had a little look at you and Aitken in six starts, sorry, five starts in the back row last year where he played his 80 minutes. He averaged 80 points per game. He based 66 in one of them. Mm. We know he can score a try. Uh, he did get hurt in the sixth game in the back row, which is always a concern with Aitken. But I just looked at that stability with his base and upside and a good draw and thought, gee, I'm just feeling early over Stags, and it could well be that Aitken will go down five or six weeks in, and then I'll be on Stags anyway, because I will want him long-term, I would think, Stagsy. Um but that's sort of where I'm at. It does cost 50 grand more though, which which could cost me a little bit with cheapies elsewhere. So that is something to consider. But at the end of the game, end of the day, my gut says Aitken over Stags are the first few rounds. So I've really got to go for it. Desi, you've got Aitken and Stags. If you for anyone in the similar scenario to to the spy, if you had to choose between between the two, which one would you keep in your team? Um, yeah, it's a really tough one because Stags is just owned by so many people. So, you know, it, you kind of want to cover that, that, you know, you don't want to fall too far behind if Stags does just start scoring tries like crazy. Um, but I just think Aiken's a more solid player. So you, you'd have to go him. He's, he's going to crank out sixties and seventies for you consistently. Spy two more for you. Uh, I've spoken to you off air. You're really big on Sean Russell. Yeah, basically just left edge para. Left wing, it doesn't matter who it is, he's going to get space. He looks a decent player as well from what I've seen. Um, at that price, he could easily score a hat-trick or a couple of doubles early in the season and price will go through the roof. I'm happy to play him in my 17s as well with para's early draw and the way they they play their attacking footy. Uh, I think he could be a special for early points and money before a cracking upgrade later in the season, or maybe he goes so well we keep him. But, yeah, I'm a fan. Just that left edge, uh, left-winger power, happy days. Hey, and then the last one, a bloke I'm really keen on, mate, and uh, trying to squeeze him into my team. No clear he's going to make it easier, but you've gone Daniel Tupu. I have. So he averaged, I think it was 71 two years ago when the Chooks were full strength. They're now back to full strength. They now have Sammy Walker who they didn't have two years ago, throwing cutouts. Uh, his base is awesome. I try to pick a side each year who I think are going to start the season well uh, or have big seasons. I think that was para to a degree this year, but also the Roosters, I think, it just makes sense. They're, they're in for a big one and Tupu could be the beneficiary. Teddy loves that sweet play, cut ball to Tupu. Uh, I'm pretty keen on him. He's, he is expensive for a centre, but... If I can, if I can get him in, which he is at the moment, I, I quite like it. Uh, and he could have a big season. If he could average seventy again, I'll be cheering. 
Yeah, I've spoken a few times throughout the preseason about trying to find the next Garricks and Alex Johnsons and Brian Tottos at that four to five hundred k price tag, and Tupu for me fits that car- uh, that that category. He ticks a few boxes that I think he's got it in him. He may not necessarily even be a season hold, but he could be. I can see him hitting it with a few big rounds uh, and even being maybe moved on to title or something. So, mate, I like it. Boys, a couple of quick top sport punting plays. If you do like a punt, go to topsport.com.au, home of the best same-game multi in the business. I'm so stoked after a few – the preseason of saying that, the games are back on. We can actually throw a few of these same-game multis on if that's a way that you swing. We'll be previewing their markets again throughout this season and all their odds. Uh, so if you are keen to get on board, joining with the code SC Playbook, if you're linking up, of course, 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Whilst did you find anything for us this week? Uh, can you come back to me, Timmy? Desi, did you? Um, yeah, I can think of one on the spot. Tommy Turbo to get a hat-trick. Strong podcast prep tonight, boys. Good stuff there. Spy. Yeah, I'm prep, boys. Just quietly, a hat-trick at Penrith. That's bold, but it is Tommy. Uh, you get good odds for that. I've had, I've had one I actually jumped on over the weekend, and it's Ryan Pappenhausen to be top point scorer for the season. May have changed a little bit with Cleary missing some time, but they had Garrick at $3, which I really like. He's, he's going to score a bunch of tries, kick a bunch of goals, so he's hard to beat. But Ryan Pappenhausen was about five fifty and or 5 now, and look, he could score a bunch of tries. If Melbourne play like last year, he would kick a million goals, so... I've had a sneaky pie on him for the uh, top point scorer, and I love little Pappy, so it's good to be on him. Nice, mate. I didn't mind uh, Brian Toto last week at 26 bucks, I think, which I think is ludicrous. Wiles, how'd you go, mate? Yeah, the one that I've liked all preseason, and I didn't think it would hold up after that Panthers news, but I've looked at it, and it's the same, and it's better odds than you get in other um, betting providers as well, is Parramatta for the minor premiership, $17. Ooh, but yeah. to me, that's value. You know, like I know that Top Sport don't have the cash out facility. Maybe we can have a have a chat to Tristan about that. But, um, <laughs> but you know, if, if there's every chance um, that they are ten from twelve, eleven from twelve, you know, I believe that they're going to get a really fast start. And I don't think I'm Robinson Crusoe. I think there's a lot of people that think that. So um, I think they're really good value for the minor premiership. Uh, if Marnie can stay fit and they keep those players on the park, yeah. Boys, a couple of questions to wrap it up. Keeping on that Parramatta line of uh, thought, good one from Ben Grant, a bloke who, I don't know if he's been overlooked from the preseason. I think we've probably overlooked him on the podcast a little bit, but Desi, he asked if Isaiah Papaliti plays second row all year, is he a buy? His scores in the second row last year were phenomenal. The biggest thing for Papaliti for me, that while I wouldn't pay up for him, He's just that dual front row, second row. So you can pick him in the front row and there's there, aside from Dave Fafida, there's probably not a, a front row option with a higher ceiling than him. Is there a case for him or do you think he's sort of top dollar and no value? Um, yeah. Is he a trade-in? Yes, he is. Of course he is. Uh, I think most people end the year with him, but starting with him, I mean, I can see why you do it. He's so consistent, but he relied on quite a few tries and, you know, line breaks last year. I think they probably caught a few teams off guard with him um, and teams will be marking up on him a, a fair bit more this year. So I don't see the attacking stats as coming as freely as they did last year for him, but he'll probably still average 70 points pretty comfortably. Spy, what do you reckon? Just a bit weirdly, I want to jump in there. I 
I agree 100% with Desi on what he just said. <laughs> um, Jesus. I think, teams will, I think teams will mark up on him pretty well. I quite like him as a buyer as the season goes on, and you sort of forget he's available at front row as well there, which could be huge. Uh, but I just want to see how he, A, how his minutes go. He's leaving the club next season as well. Uh, and just see just see how much damage he can do on that edge uh, early before I go jumping in at that price. Hey, uh, whilst final question of the podcast from uh, Tim Williams, Kuma Colt, says he's absolutely stumped, has a bit of a, a, a line of thought, a bit of a strategy. She, he asks, thoughts on going a cheapy or thereabouts, maybe an early sort of mid-ranger as your second row, second front row forward option. He says, is it an option to sort of be spending the money elsewhere and chasing those higher ceilings and copying a 35 to 40 as a starting front rower, or is that not viable? Yeah, 35 to 40, oh, that might be a bit tough to cop. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a fair strategy. Some, You know, like you can't you can't have everything, you know. That's why there's a salary cap. So um, I, I would really back – I don't think that's, yeah, an unfair strategy. And I think, you know, if you like it, back yourself. That's what I'm going to do this year. I felt like I sort of listened a bit too much to other people yeah. last year. You've got to take a bit in, but um, there, there are there are different strategies um, that that people go with. I, I actually wrote an article, Timmy. It's on the SC Playbook. You put it up on the the website there of a strategy, just talking about um, spreading the risk. Um, so just getting players from different sides. So if there's a COVID outbreak. <laughs> And, you know, say a Munster, Pappenhausen, Xavier Coates all go yeah. down in the same week, you're not under the pump. Um, and I think that whilst I wouldn't be as extreme as what I put in my article, I think that has value. I think you've got to find your own strategy and, and um, back yourself for the season, yeah? Yeah, it's the kind of play that could um, it could pull off big time. I mean, it's, it's certainly worth consideration. And particularly if you you are stacking with uh, the Roosters are one side in particular. I know I've got a lot of them. So uh, worth some serious thoughts, by. Yeah, just one thing on a match. I was just having a quick look at my side after this chat, as I do, get excited. And it's really worth noting that Katoni Staggs is only priced at a 49.5 average. Yeah. And he traditionally has average 60, which is why I keep going, oh, you know what, I might not think he's going to be have the hottest start, but he doesn't have to be that hot to gain value. Mm. Um, and he's, what, 100 or 70K, 80K, 90K cheaper than Tupo. Gee, it's a lot of money it frees up, so big decision for the spy to make. But, yeah, worth noting that because it's a big discount. Yeah, he's averaged at 60s in the past, and I think that's only scratching the surface. If he can put a string of games together, he's yeah. getting better and better. Uh, and at that price, he's one of the first in my team, and I have been burnt by him several times in the last few years. So that's how keen I am on Katoni Stags. If injuries happen, injuries happen. That's something that uh, at times are inevitable. Boy, he's big... First podcast uh, as a foursome this week, leading into round one of the season. Can't wait to get back uh, and recap how, Paul, your how well we went this time next week. Uh, we will be back every Tuesday night, back to regular time, consistent and released every week. Uh, thank you very much. Wiles, cheers. Cheers, boys. Good luck for round one. Thanks, mate. Spy, good stuff as always. Cheers, boys. Enjoy the footy. And Desi, mate, you have been good to have you back on board with those hot takes. Good to be back, boys. Good luck. Sweet, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.